Good morning, Lamb of God. Isn't that video powerful? Uh, what are we afraid of? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I want to welcome you and, and for joining us. I know uh, a lot of people are watching right now. Peggy, hi Peggy, Carol, Dave Smith, Leslie, Keith, Cheryl, Kim, Janet, Amber, Jean, Caleb, Tobriah, Tristan, a whole bunch of people out there watching. And uh, I know that this isn't our normal way of doing church, but as I've always said, that what the church is not a building, it's people. It's you and me. And so today, in the safety of our homes or wherever we're watching from, we are still gathering together as the church of Jesus Christ. And today, when we woke up, Jesus was still Lord, and the church is marching forward. I know it's a crazy, uh, crazy thing going on in our world, in our nation. I mean, I, I never thought this kind of thing would have ever been happening but uh, I believe that God is going to turn this around for our good. And I want to encourage you today to just rise up in your faith, to grow deeper in your walk with God, to be bolder and more courageous in your witness of him, because this world needs the message of Jesus Christ, and we need hope. And there's a lot of people freaking out, a lot of people uh, captivated by fear, but we have the message of hope, and we have acts of love that can demonstrate uh, God's character to those around us. And we have the power of prayer. And we can pray for people to be healed because Jesus still heals and he is our healer. And as we open up in prayer today, let's pray for those who are affected by this, this coronavirus. Let's pray for one another. Uh, let's pray for our nation. President Trump has declared today to be a national day of prayer. So let's just join our hearts together right where you are uh, and let's pray together, okay? Father God, we thank you that you rule and you reign. You are the creator of heaven and earth. And today when we woke up, you were stu still ruling and reigning from your throne. And Lord, nothing takes you by surprise. But God, we come to you today all across this nation. Thousands and millions of uh, uh, Christians are gathering together in their homes, worshiping you, Lord, through video like this. And God, we all come together on this national day of prayer to pray for a miracle. Lord, especially for those who are affected by this, this new virus, this coronavirus, Lord, we pray for a miracle for them. We pray for healing to sweep through this land and that people will be healed. And we pray for those that we know or that we're aware of, God, they're, they're infected by this virus. And we just we lift them to you today, God, and pray for a fresh touch from heaven upon them. We pray for one another, God, even though we can't touch each other this morning. We, we know that your spirit is with us. Your presence is with all of us where we are. And we pray that we would just feel your presence today. We would feel your love and your comfort and your joy. Lord, that we would know that you are with us and that you are going to lead us through all of this, that we can triumph through you. And God, we pray for wisdom for all of our medical personnel, all those who are researching and trying to find a cure, that you would give them wisdom from heaven. We pray for our president. Lord, that you give him wisdom and all those who are helping him. Uh, Lord, for all of our world leaders, give them wisdom, Lord, that our, our country and our world uh, can, can work through this and come out the other side. But especially, Lord, I pray for us, the church, to rise up with a strong message, with a message of hope for those around us. And God, that you would turn this around for good and that the church will grow through this, this crisis and that more souls will be added into the kingdom of God. And we pray for a fresh word today for our hearts, Lord, encourage us in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, I just want to give you a couple of quick uh, pointers about uh, some of the things going on. Our staff, we are working hard right now to create 
uh, some ways for us to stay connected uh, in the days ahead. We don't know how long this will be going on, of course. Uh, it could be two or three weeks or, or possibly four weeks. We're not sure. But please stay posted to our social media, our website, and all those things as we try to communicate with you uh, what we can do to help support you and encourage you. And stay connected. We need to stay connected because our faith is not on pause. In fact, our faith is going to grow stronger through this, uh, through this uh, pandemic. But I, I want to give you a couple of things here. First of all, following this message uh, around 1030, Ryan is going to come and give a short, encouraging, fun message for our children. So if you have children, you want to stay posted for that. And then next week, we hope to have live worship as well as a live message like we're doing today. Also, a couple of things. Um, you can still continue to support the Lamb of God Fellowship by giving online, or our offices are going to be open this week. You can stop in and hand that off, or you can come in for prayer. We're still going to be here, and we're still going to be pushing forward in all that God's called us to do. Also, uh, we have a couple other things that are uh, postponed for now. Right now, our Celebrate Recovery is postponed, as well as our youth group. And if you're in a life group, uh, contact your life group leader. We're going to leave that at the discretion of each of the life group leaders. And so just contact them and find out if you guys will still be meeting or if your life group will be po postponed at this time as well. But I'm believing that God's going to turn this around for our good. And, you know, there's an opportunity here, especially for us as families with children. We have extra time with our kids. And uh, I want to give you some challenges later this week on how you can redeem this time, how you can make this a time where you spend time developing your relationship with your family and also developing the faith of your children as we have this extra time together. Today I want to give you a message, and it's a series, and about three, four weeks ago, God put this message on my heart for us, and I considered changing it just due to the crisis, you know, that we're facing. But, um, but I, I prayed about it, and I was talking with my wife about it, and I felt strongly just to continue forward with what God has put on my heart for this time for us. So this series is called True Riches, and I want to draw your attention to a story that uh, Jesus tells in Luke chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, grab your Bible. And uh, Luke chapter 12, I'm going to read the story for you. It starts in verse 16, okay? Jesus said, um, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, ah, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And then Jesus summarizes the story with this lesson. He says, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. So uh, my family just recently finished a vacation in Florida, as many of you know. And on our way home, we, we drove uh, my daughter Remington back to Cedarville University in, near Dayton, Ohio. And then we took this kind of off path, this uh, Route 68, up through kind of the rural parts of Ohio. And I was amazed as we're driving through the small towns and through the farm fields, how many pole barns I, I saw. And some of these pole barns were bigger than the houses sitting next to them. I mean, literally, you could put the house inside the pole barn. You know what I'm talking about? Now, granted, the, these were farming communities, and I understand they have bigger tools and bigger toys. Uh, but also, every town that I drove through, 
had rows and rows of those storage garages. You know what I'm talking about? We have, just in Montrose, I think three different storage facilities ourselves in this little town. And uh, I, a couple of years ago, uh, so I started researching a little bit about this. Did you realize that one out of 11 Americans spend an average of $94.17 a month with storage facilities because we don't, evidently don't have enough room in our houses or our garages or our own pole barns? So we have to rent storage space. We have so much stuff, and we have so much blessing. Uh, $36 billion was spent in the year 2016 on extra storage facilities, renting them. Can you believe that? $36 billion. And uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I were with my son Peyton uh, on his 16th uh, year adventure. So we take all of our kids on adventures when they turn 16. We went out west. We did some cool hiking. And we stopped by the Hoover Dam. I don't know if you've ever seen the Hoover Dam, uh, but we were there, and I could not believe how huge this thing was. And an interesting stat that I found out about storage facilities. If Americans took all of the stuff that we have stored right now, and we all put it on semis and trucks and trailers and moved it to the Hoover Dam, and we started dumping it in that Hoover Dam, can you believe this? We would fill the Hoover Dam with our extra stuff 26 times. I just can't believe that. I can't believe that. I just think it's a little crazy. How about you? So Jesus said, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God, but is not rich toward God. And we are people who want to be rich toward God. Jesus, or God, in this story that Jesus is telling, uh, says that this is, a, is, this is a person who is a fool who only stores up things for themselves. And he challenges us to live our life in such a way that we are rich toward God. So I want to talk about that a little bit with you. So let's break this story down. The first point I want to make is this man is blessed with an abundant crop. And I want to make this very clear to you, that Jesus is not against you being blessed. This story has nothing to do with, uh, you know, we shouldn't have a lot or we shouldn't be abundant. Being blessed is not bad. In fact, God wants to bless you. And we are blessed. We live in America. We live in a great country. And, and we have so ma many opportunities, such a great education, so much money, and, and so many things for us. We are incredibly blessed. So the story is not about not being blessed. This, God wants you to be blessed. The real issue here is what is the blessing for? And so we learn in the story that there is a purpose for our blessing. This man asked the question, what am I going to do with all this stuff? I've been blessed. Look at this great crap that I have. What is the point of all of this? And he came to the wrong conclusion. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my little barns and I'll build bigger barns and I'll store all of that stuff up. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, this is all for me. I'm gonna keep all this stuff to myself. I'm gonna live a self-centered life. And Jesus said, that's being a fool. Your life is not in your possessions. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, the verse just before this story Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed because a man's life does not consist in his possessions. And Jesus is warning us, and we look in our culture today, and we see that our propensity is to preserve, self-preserve, collect, hoard, and we're trying to find life, we're trying to protect life. And Jesus says, it doesn't work that way. He said, I'm gonna tear my barns down and build bigger ones. We see that the purpose for God's blessing in our lives and the abundance he's given us is not for ourselves alone. 
That's what Jesus is trying to teach us. He wants us to be blessed, and we are blessed. But we are blessed for a purpose, and that purpose is to be a blessing. I say this all the time. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. You notice this man's words. He said things like this. My crops, my barns, my surplus, myself. I'm going to kick back. I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy all of my stuff. And Jesus says, you fool. That's not why you're blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. And so when our life ends, when your life ends and my, my life ends, we don't want a bunch of barns filled with stuff. We want to have our stuff fill heaven with souls. We want to fill heaven with souls. God has a plan for your blessing. We are stewards of God's resources, right? Not owners. And so in this time, especially in a crisis like this, a global crisis, a national crisis, I mean, our kids aren't going to our school anymore. You know, the churches aren't able to meet. Big, big events are canceled. What are we going to do? We are going to rise up. The church is going to rise up with a message of hope, with powerful prayer, with acts of love, and we're going to promote the gospel because that is what this is all about, is to win souls. What has God put into your hands? How has God blessed you? What, is, what opportunities are there in your life right now? Because it's time, in times like this, we've never seen anything like this ever before. It's times like this where the church rises up. We don't hide in fear. We're not scrambling and trying to cling to things on this earth. That's not how we think. That's not how we, how we live because we are people of faith, not fear, right? Can I get an amen? All right, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And so the Bible says this, that we need to live with this overall perspective that we are not trying to get something from the earth. God is blessing us to be a blessing to those around us. And our overall perspective is that we are stewards of God's blessings, and we are a conduit of heaven, and whatever God has put into our hands is meant to go out to meet the needs of the kingdom, to win souls and to make disciples. That's what this church is all about, winning souls and making disciples. So I want to challenge you this week to make a difference, to reach out with what God has given you, and to be the church Church isn't this building. I'm standing in our building, and there's only four people here with me right now. This is not the church. This is just a building. You're the church. Wherever we go, whoever we talk to, the church is going. The church is talking. Whoever we touch, the church is touching. Whoever we serve, the church is serving. That's you. That's me. Let's get out this week, and let's make a difference. Let's use what God has given us, and let's give it. Let's distribute it. Let's be a conduit of God's heart to this world. There's so many people that need what you have. You have the message of hope. Jesus put it this way, whoever wants to say, uh, be my disciple must deny themselves. In other words, not be self-centered like this man, not be selfish like this man, but take up their cross and follow me. This is in Mark chapter 8, 34 to 37. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever's trying to collect and save and protect, they lose it because that's not the point. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will find it. It's very interesting that this guy not only lost his life, but all of his possessions. And Jesus says just the opposite. He says, look, if you follow me, you give your life, your possessions up, you will find life, and you'll have everything that you need. Isn't that cool? So God's blessing, first and foremost, comes to us so that we have everything that we need for life 
everything we need for godliness, and even everything that we need for our enjoyment. But it doesn't stop there. There is more than enough for the abundant blessing of God to flow through us to those around us. You live in the greatest country in the world. You have more opportunities than anywhere else in the world. You have been given a great education. You have more freedom than anywhere else in the world. You are richly blessed. You are highly favored. And you have time that God has given you. You have a mind. You have creativity. You have capabilities and abilities and talents that God has given you. And all of these things are not just for yourself, but tools in the hands of God to build his kingdom, which is reaching people. Did you know that there are barns in heaven? (laughs) I, I, I think there's barns in heaven. I think there's Big old storage barns in heaven because Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 6, verses 19 to 20. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't pack your barns filled with stuff that you're not even using on earth. Don't make your goal in life to collect and build and hoard stuff where the moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But he says this, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So there's pole barns in heaven that we get to store up good deeds and richness in God. So this thing about true riches is what is true riches? And how do we store treasures up in heaven? Well, Paul gives us this insight into 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. Paul says this, command those who are rich in this present world. I'm going to stop right there. Command those who are rich in this present world. You might be looking at me saying, well, that's not me. You know, I'm barely making ends meet. Uh, you know, I, I got all these bills. I've got all these, these financial uh, struggles that I'm dealing with. You're talking to somebody else. Well, before you say that, let me just challenge you with a couple of thoughts. I did some research this week, and uh, I want to give you a, a go through a little illustration with you. Where do you think you rank on the global scale in terms of your personal wealth? Do you think you're in the top 50% of the global population or the top Top 25%, top 10%. Where do you think you are? What's your number? Just come up with a number real quick. What do you guess? How do you compare to the rest of the world? So anyway, the research I did um, tells us that if you have a decent car and you have a total net worth of about $4,210, it's just a decent car. I have two kids that have a decent car, and they say if you just have a total net worth of whether it's savings, money, some toys, a car, of $4,210, you're already in the top 50% of the wealthiest people on the planet. That means you're wealthier than 3.9 billion people. And if you are a little bit older like me, and maybe you have some some savings, maybe you have a a little bit uh, stashed away, you have a couple of toys, a couple other cars, maybe you have some equity in your house. If you have a total net worth, of about $93,000, you go all the way up to the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the globe. You are wealthier than 7 billion people. And if you have a decent job and you make somewhere around thirty-two dollars to $52,000 a year, you qualify to be in the top 1% of the highest income earners in the entire world. I'm telling you right now, we, 
often look at what we don't have, especially in America. That's why we have so many barns. Because we look on TV, we look at our neighbor, we say, I don't have that, I don't have as much as that, and I need more, and I need more of this. You know, the world runs after stuff because the world thinks that stuff will satisfy. But all that stuff is doing is feeding our flesh. But what the world needs and what you and I need is our souls to be filled. We don't need to feed the flesh. We need to fill our souls with God. And that's what the word of God does for us. That's what the presence of God does for us is he keeps us in in that mindset of this is not all there is. This isn't the point of my life, this earth. My home is in heaven no matter what happens here on earth. I am secure in God. He's got me. He's got everything that I need. He's provided everything for me. And when you woke up this morning and I woke up this morning, God was still ruling and reigning on his throne. Your eternal security was still stronger than ever. When the stock market crashed a few uh, days ago and people lost 10, 20, 30% of their money, do you know what? Your investment in heaven didn't drop a dime. Everything that you store up in heaven is there. The treasures in heaven are what we do here on the earth for God and for loving and serving people and building his kingdom. So let me get back to this. You are rich, and the Bible tells me and those of us here to command those who are rich in this present world to not be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you believe that? God is your provider. He tells us to not worry about tomorrow. He tells us to seek first his kingdom and all these other things he will provide for us. He tells us that we can't add a single day to our life by worrying about things. So we are people of faith. We're not gonna be succumbed to the fear, the spirit of fear, but we've been given what? A spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's who we are. And Paul goes on to read, uh, to say this in 1 Timothy, and this is the verse I want you to think about this week, okay? Our memory verse, 1 Timothy 6, 18. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. The next verse, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul is summarizing what Jesus was teaching. He says, when you give, when you serve, when you're generous, when you're willing to share, and you're letting the resources and the blessings of God flow through you to those around you, doing the work of God, you will actually find real life and you will be storing treasures up in heaven. That's where you want to store your treasure. Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So let's our treasure be in heaven. And I want to ask you a question. What do you think is God's treasure in heaven? What is God's most treasured possession? It's you. It's souls. And there are a lot of lost souls today. And God's heart is that everyone would be saved. Proverbs 11.30 says, He who is wise wins souls. Anything and everything we do to promote the kingdom, to promote the gospel, to put love into action and demonstrate God's character to those around us, to make a phone call and encourage someone, to, to pray for someone, uh, all of those things, when we reach out and we are extending the gospel, we're extending hope, we're extending the love of God, we are putting up for ourselves treasure 
in heaven. When we use the resources God has given us, instead of just constantly being self-centered and piling up stuff, uh, that's what Jesus says is being a fool. But the Bible says to be wise is to win souls, to put your focus on heaven and eternity and populating heaven with souls because that's God's treasured possession. This is a great time for us as a church to stand up with hope, with love, and with the message of the gospel. I want to ask you some things. Maybe this week there's an elderly neighbor that you could get groceries for so they don't have to go out and be at risk. Maybe there's a fellow church member that you could call and just find out how they're doing and offer to pray with them. Maybe there's someone that you know who just lost their job or whose job is suspended and is going to struggle financially, and you could give them a gift to help them and their family. Maybe there's someone that you've experienced or talked with that's seized with fear, and you could just be bold and courageous and present the gospel to them and give them a message of peace and invite them to know Jesus and win their soul for God. I don't know what God is going to have you do this week, but I'm praying that you will stand up and go for it. There's so much potential in the church today because there's so many people that we all know. And we have been placed in the sphere of influence by God in the neighborhoods we live in, in the places that we work, in our social media, and even the friend networks that we have right now on Facebook and other social media. We have these networks. We have these people. We have influence. And God wants your light to shine. In the midst of a crisis, the church needs to stand up and shine, offer love, offer hope, offer the gospel, not be about ourselves, not trying to save ourselves, not trying to hoard ourselves, but to take what God has given us and to spend, uh, spend ourselves on promoting the love of God and the good news that everybody needs. I'm believing that God's going to turn this crisis around, and I'm believing even though we're not meeting physically together, that our church is going to grow. I want to encourage you, we're going to be doing this again next week, I want to encourage you to invite more friends to join us that they can get a message of faith. They can have the opportunity to accept Christ as their Lord and their Savior. This week, I'm going to be reaching out to our community leaders, um, and we're going to be putting our heads together to see and try to anticipate what some of the needs are in our community. I will be keeping you posted on anything that God puts on our heart uh, to, to do as a church uh, for our community. And also, we're going to be reaching out to you to find ways that we can help encourage one another in our faith as a Lamb of God family. But this is an exciting time for the church to be a leader of life, to lead with life and hope and love. I'm excited to see what God's gonna do through this opportunity that he's created for us. Now, the, he didn't bring a sickness to, a, to this world, but how many of you agree with me that God can turn all things around for the good of those who know him, who love him, and are called according to his purpose? This wasn't a surprise to God. God can use this. He can use everything for his glory, for his purposes. And that's what we're believing. At the end of the service, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. We're going to pray for this virus to be uh, just demolished and for a miracle from heaven to come and for a, for a cure to, to come to our researchers and our doctors. Uh, and, and today is a day of national prayer, as I mentioned earlier. And there's a couple things I want to challenge you to do uh, sometime today. There's three things I'm going to ask you to do. Number one, I want to I ask you to ask yourself or if you're there with your family or friends to discuss this idea. What is God calling me to do? This man asked the question, what do I do with this stuff? I had this great abundant crop. What do I do? And he answered it wrong. But we know what the answer is. We know that 
God has blessed us for a purpose, to be a blessing. So I want to ask you to take a few moments after this message to contemplate, to pray, and to ask God, God, what would you have me do? How are you going to cause me this week to take what you've given me and make a difference with those around me? What can I do? What do you want me to do, God, to promote your kingdom? Because I want to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness because I know that all this other stuff you'll take care of for me. That's who we are, people of faith. That's the first thing I want to ask you to do. Second thing I want you to do is if you're there with someone, I want to ask you to pray for a couple of minutes sometime today, maybe after this message, gather together, and let's do what the president asked us to do. Join millions of other Christians around this nation who are praying for this nation, pray for the president, pray for a cure, pray for our communities, pray for our children, pray for those who are losing their jobs or temporarily out of work, and pray for our church. Pray for one another that we'll stay connected, that we'll grow deeper in our walk with God, that this won't be a weakening point. This will be a strengthening point for all of us. So would you take time today to gather together as families and just pray, pray for our nation. The third thing I want to ask you to do is call someone from church. Call a friend today or this week. Call them, have some fellowship on the phone, and offer to pray for them. We need to be proactive and staying connected. Would you do that? So, um, Ask God, what would you have me do? Would you take time to pray as a family and take time to call somebody else up, encourage them, and pray for them? There's one other thing that I'm believing God's going to give you an opportunity to do this week, and that is share the gospel. Anytime you come up with someone who's afraid, who's freaking out, who's stressed out, who's worried, that's your moment. Share the gospel. Give them hope. Give them, give them hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ that God has our eternal security for us. As we close this message, um, I want to pray with you. First of all, if you're visiting with us, you're not normally with us, I just want to say thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of our family today. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer to get right with God. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets back to the Father. No one gets right with God except through me because he laid his life down for us. His blood was shed for us to forgive us of our sins so that we could be with him forever. You are God's treasured possession, and he wants you home. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to trust in him. Will you do that? If you say, yes, I want to do that today, then I'm asking you to pray this prayer with me in your heart. Let's pray together, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. You came for me. You died to forgive me of my sins. You rose from the dead. You are the firstborn of all the resurrected. And it promises me, you promise me, that by placing my faith in you, I too will be resurrected to new life. So today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. And I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to live this new life in you. I love you. Thank you for saving me. I'm all yours. In your name. Amen. Amen. I also want to pray for those of us who are struggling a little bit with some fear. Again, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is never from God. It is from the enemy. We are a people of faith. The Bible says, fear not. The Bible says to be of great courage. And so I want to pray for all of us, okay? God, I just pray for the family of God here today. God, that there will be no spirit of fear that grips anyone's heart. 
But God, that faith will arise and our eyes will lift up to heaven. To you, Lord, our hope is in you, maker of heaven and earth. Our security is in you. Lord, we have all that we need for life and for godliness. And you promise to take care of us. And so in Jesus' name, we command the spirit of fear to go and to be gone from anybody's heart. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for your spirit to come and bring comfort and courage and strength and wisdom for every person listening and watching, every home and every household, that your blessings will continue to flow to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, God bless you in a few minutes. Ryan's going to come. We're going to take a five-minute break, and then Ryan's going to have a message for the children. I hope that you can spread the word and rejoin us again next week at the same time. But also, I want to encourage you to connect with one another this week through phone calls, uh, through FaceTime, and those kind of things. And let's continue to deepen our, our faith in God. Stay posted. We'll be giving more information out uh, soon. And God bless you. Let me pray a blessing on you now, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you his peace in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.